Have you ever felt stuck in your health? Have you ever had a doctor tell you that your diastasis recti is as good as it's going to get? Have you ever feared hoping that you could look or feel better because you didn't want to be disappointed? If so, you are like my friend, Megan. Megan and I met this past weekend for the first time as roommates in Dallas for a business conference. On the last morning on our hotel, Megan and I had a quick 30-minute session of visceral manipulation to help her diastasis recti. Megan is currently 16 months postpartum and had been religiously following an exercise plan to heal her diastasis recti after two 10-pound boys. Despite her efforts, her diastasis recti had only improved from three fingers to two fingers wide, and her doctors were now telling her that this was her new norm. Despite Megan's reluctance to believe that her DRA could get better, and with having never heard of visceral manipulation before, which was the main technique I was going to use on her, Megan got to see in a matter of minutes her abdomen change before her eyes. On today's episode, listen to Megan tell her own account of our special session and how it brought hope back to her body and her life. If you have never heard of visceral manipulation, or if you are struggling with a diastasis recti that just won't heal, then this episode is for you. And while we don't talk explicitly about the application of visceral manipulation to bloating and constipation, I have an episode just for you. Episode 90, Fascia 101, The Hidden Force Behind Bloating, Constipation, and IBS. If you are dealing with diastasis recti, bloating, or constipation, be sure you don't miss out this episode and check out episode 90. The link for that episode is in the show notes. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunk the myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Awesome. Well, guys, I just want to invite on today a very special guest, my friend Megan. Megan and I are new friends. We recently roomed together at a business conference, did not know each other at all before prior to this moment. And in the span of rooming together for like two and a half days, we ended up getting to have a session together where I did visceral manipulation with her, as well as evaluating some things in her body and how her muscles are working and how she can improve specifically a diastasis recti. So before we dive into that session and all that, Megan, I just would love to 
hear from you. Could you give our listeners a briefing on your diastasis recti, what you had tried before this? Um, you know, how far, how many, how long postpartum you are right now? Where, where are you right now? Yes. So I am 16 months postpartum right now. I had a 10 pound, two ounce baby. (laughs) Um, and And that was my second baby. My first baby was 10 pounds of five ounces. I had them 22 months apart. Um, And so, yeah, I just had diastasis recti that didn't ever (laughs) heal. It was initially three and a half fingers of separation. And through my uh, like workout app (laughs) that I was using, that is a woman who very much knows like doctors couldn't heal her. She had twins. Um, and so she was very, very good and healing. So I am now down to like, what did we say? One and a half. It was like two before our session, before our session, it was like two, two and a half. Um, It was two at the top, two at the, yeah. Two and a half at the bottom, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had done some on my own and like felt proud of that, but then um, like even the lady who does this, the app, um, said like, even hers isn't fully healed, but like it's functional. Like, I don't know. It just like felt like the best we can do. So I felt like proud of myself for getting that far, but also like, but it could be so much better. And I miss just, yeah, be, being able to be fully functional in my body. <laughs> right. You're still like rolling onto your side, having to be really careful, like not doing crunches at all. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to spill the beans. You're a former mm-hmm. Ironman, competitor, <laughs> like athlete, whatever. You finished an Ironman. And for anybody mm-hmm. who doesn't know what this is, it is a triathlon of essentially the most extreme accounts. It's a full marathon. Like, because right, triathlon is going to be swimming, biking and running. Well, you, you swim, which I think it's what, two miles of swimming and then you bike 52 miles. Oh no. 112. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a lot. I mean, it's absurd, right? I've done, I've done a fraction of this, right. And in terms of triathlon, most people, when they run a triathlon, they're not running the Ironman. They're not even running a half my Ironman. So it's whatever, two miles of swimming, 112 miles of biking and literally (laughs) a full marathon of running a full 26 miles of running after all that you're like if you haven't had enough beating let's do a full marathon (laughs) so like you are skilled in your body you know how to go through hardship you are used to being strong and capable and Mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to take time to get there and you are 16 months postpartum and I remember saying that that feels like not enough improvement like you went from three to two so some improvement but really Mm -hmm. I'm like if you're if you're going through a really good program and i admittedly didn't know the program, but thought, you know, like, let's just trust that this woman knows what she's doing and, and honor Mm -hmm. that. Um, one of the things I said to you is you might have a visceral restriction to your Mm -hmm. response was probably at least in your head. What? What's that? (laughs) No one has ever said those words to me before. Brain has cannot compute, cannot compute. (laughs) And so for anyone new to this podcast, a visceral restriction is where your organs, which are viscera, that's the fancy science word, um, they they have fascia around them. Fascia, you might have heard that term before. It's this connected tissue that's throughout your entire body. And when the fascia gets restricted, it keeps the organ from moving, essentially. Organ can't move. We're like, how do organs get involved with the 
well, I'm going to call it a DRA, the diastasis recti. So how does that even get involved? Because, and so I ended up walking through all this anatomy related to how you primarily your small intestines and a piece of fascia called your uh, parietal peritoneum end up connecting all the way to the front of this DRA. And that can keep that left and right side of your abdominal muscles from connecting. And that's where you don't even, you, uh, you don't even have a functional, uh, like, so sometimes those two walls never fascially bind together again, but they're functional quote unquote. That's why where that teacher's saying they're not together, but when, when you go to do a crunch, like they work together, yours don't do that yet. You know, you're still getting that bowling where, where if you do a crunch, it just kind of puckers out. And so, um, prior to our session. So do you remember me saying this? Um, I think honestly, in a, the day or two prior to this, I'd, I'd said maybe on an elevator, I have a visual on an elevator saying <laughs> you are not stuck. Like you're not stuck. I want you to tell me, tell the listeners, how did you, when you, when you heard me say that just off the bat, what was your feeling? What were the thoughts going through your head? I felt like I would like to believe that, but I also, I was like, maybe she doesn't understand the lengths that I've gone through already to like get this far. And like compared to like the doctors and like the the workout app, it like I had made significant progress above and beyond, you know, what the doctor said would be possible. Um, kind of like the top length of what, you know, this, this workout app, like results that people had gotten. So I was like, okay, I feel like I've done everything right. I've done my research. Like I majored in physics. Like I'm no dummy. Like I'm smart. I'm high performing, but like, I'm still stuck feeling like I'm, first trimester pregnant and like I'm not <laughs> you know it's just my organs are popping through the this hole, hole in, in my abdomen <laughs> cool yes yes and your doctor was were not helpful they were on the same boat of like you are just get used to it this is your new you mm-hmm. right yeah. And so I'm telling you like this lady on the elevator who I've never <laughs> met in my life is telling me I'm not stuck and you're like that'd be nice I don't know if I really want to trust that like I trusted you because even in the time we had got to know each other like you clearly know your stuff you clearly have a good heart you clearly like like you you were you were even talking about things just like be up above and beyond what I had heard before so it kind of made me like raise an eyebrow think like well maybe it's possible but it also felt scary to get my hopes up of like you know because it's also a very emotional thing as well as as physical. Yes. Yes. And that ended up coming up during the session, which super common. Um, but in general, yeah, you get this person who's like you, there's hope for you and you're like, maybe somebody else, but like me, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe somebody else gets the story and like, you already knew exactly how much you had done. And I just want to, we're going to get to the point where you're going to encourage listeners because like of what you went through, but also something I, keep wanting to tell our listeners of like, yes, you specifically are not stuck that mm-hmm. there are, there's more press in. So let's, so we started pressing in and, and before I started the session, I gave you a little bit of an- anatomy and I actually want to do that for our listeners right now. If they hadn't heard me talk about DRAs on the podcast, and I actually didn't use this visual with you and, a sh- and, and well, you can tell me if you find it helpful, but actually the, 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 the anatomical mechanism about why do your small intestines 
have anything to do <laughs> with your DRA <laughs> is I want you to imagine listeners like a hair clip. So if, when you have a hair clip, you pinch a back portion of the hair clip and the front opens up. So the back portion is actually where this fascia that from the front of your body. So the DRA is in the front, but it loops, it goes, it curves around the edges. It goes around right behind your obliques, comes around to the spine, and then it puckers together in front of the spine and forms the anchor of your small intestine called the mesenteric root. The mesenteric root is a real thing, but let me tell you, before I did visceral man manipulation training, definitely had never heard of this word before, yet it is so important. And that mesenteric root continues up and covers every single loop of the small intestines. So if you have any restrictions in or around your small intestines, that could have been from just carrying the baby itself because boy, oh, don't you know those small intestines get smushed around. Could have been, you know, not for you specifically, but for some of our listeners, they've had Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis where they've had surgery or parts of their small intestines removed. Um, accidents. Anytime that you have any restrictions in the small intestines, the mesenteric root, or that, that fascia, which is the parietal peritoneum that forms that outer edges of the clip, then they essentially pinch back and they just keep it open. And that's your DRA. You are a perpetually open hair clip. You never get to clip hair and be functional. You just let all the hair out, which is aka all your organs. Okay. Does that does that actually visual? Does that help? Do you like it? That visual makes so much sense. And especially now in the after of the before and after, I'm like, yeah, like I can feel the difference in my body. So what was your, what, do you remember the, the, the number one or like the main symptom you told me you had in your body other than like the visual and dysfunction of the DRA, like on a daily basis, what was the thing you told me you my had? My back pain? hurts. My back hurts. My lower back, especially. Yes. And that is all that tight fascia gathering in that low back. First off, your core is not supporting you. Like I use the word corset in an, like a nice corset. That's actually amazing. Um, and we actually practiced you practice with you creating that corset in our session. Mm -hmm. Once we finally, your, your little, your clip could close <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but what happens is that not only is that clip open, but the, all that tension's focused in your back because the, hair clip. You're just pinching it. It's just like someone is constantly pinching your spine and your small intestines and just making everything hurt. And so, and I also didn't describe that that way to you too. I was thinking about what I was going to share and I was like, this is a great podcast or so much better, right? Um, so that's the visual. I, I explained this anatomy to you of this parietal peritoneum and small intestine. And I said, now I'm going to, I'm going to evaluate your body. I immediately got drawn to your left side of your belly and then we did work on your mesenteric root. And particularly, it was the bottom portion that points towards the left. So it was something's going on the left side. Interestingly enough, you had already told me that you carried your second child heavily on your right. And so what I'm mm -hmm. guessing is that your, your body was giving laxity on the right, but all the tension that was kind of like the bungee cord that was keeping everything like from falling out and falling forward was coming from the left. So you had this falling to the right from the left and it was super, super tight. So release your mesenteric root and your parietal peritoneum, super gentle techniques in general. But I would love to hear from you. What was your experience? Maybe physically, what did it feel like? But also, I don't know, emotionally, mentally, just what was going through your head and your body as I was doing these two techniques. By the way, she's 
just for visual, she's laying on a couch <laughs> with just like her, her, I lifted up her shirt to her rib cage. I just had my hands gently on her abdomen. Um, there's that, that's it. Super simple. Go. What did you, what were you feeling? Um, as you were started, I was just kind of like, okay, like, well, I don't have anything to lose. Like, I don't know what I don't know. And it just, you know, when you just get desperate for a solution and there's a glimmer of hope, like, what else do you do? And then, so you started and I was like, okay, like, you know, I trust you and this is, you know, the best person for the job. Um, and then just, yeah, like I hope this works. I hope this works. Um, but also like trying to not let myself get too hopeful. Um, as I started the tech, Oh, as I started the techniques, um, what were you, did you feel much? Um, how do I even describe the feeling? It, it, it did not hurt at all. Um, but there was a sensation and then there was like a, a relief and a relief, um, pop sounds too, <laughs> too extreme, but there was like a moment where the tension rises and then it releases. Yeah. And yes, pop, yes. people use that word. Sometimes there isn't an audible pop, but yeah, <laughs> um, there was no actual pop y'all, but something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it was just, yeah. Then just relax into it after that. And I was like, okay, something just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, it was not a bad thing. <laughs> I think it was a good thing. Um, and then, yeah, being able to ex get up and experience the difference yeah. after that. Yeah. Okay. So the, this was honestly the smallest part of the session was just those, I did one, a t technique for the mesenteric root, a technique for the left side of the parietal peritoneum. And then we retested your your um dra so i we didn't test it before because i was so excited and I, and I lost track but you were doing it all the time and you knew that you'd gotten yourself from a three to a two so i just mm -hmm. had you i tested it and so typically for a dra you're going to test above the belly button at the belly button and below above the belly button was your worst one but it was like a finger finger and a half at most maybe like finger and a quarter then mm -hmm. below the belly button it was like half a finger. I could really not get a finger in there. And then at the belly button, you have still two fingers, but belly buttons are, they have, they have their own thing going on. Um, they usually never, you're never going to be at a zero typically for a DRA once you, once you've been pregnant. Um, and, and you honestly didn't respond much initially. I don't know if you remember this. So I go, I'm like, she, she doesn't care or she doesn't believe me or I don't know. So I'm like, why don't you test this? <laughs> Put your finger <laughs> in there. What do you remember from when you felt it? Yeah, disbelief. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, at first, and then I felt it, and it was just like, oh, okay, like this. It just, it was just crazy after like how many hours of like work and workout and research I've done, and then you just did this thing in like, I don't even know how long it was, 10 minutes less? Yeah, yeah, very short. Yeah, short amount of time and got me, you know, results that took me a year and a half to get. Well, and 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 I told you this multiple times in our session that I could tell you had been training your muscles in the correct way. So like your muscles wanted to go and it's like that hair clip. Your muscles wanted to connect, wanted to draw together, but the hair clip was pulling them back. And 
and and adding more force wasn't going to help. It was just going to, it could potentially tear more. And so, which is one of the reasons you're, you're so careful when you're rebuilding a DRA. And so you had done everything right. There was only one muscle group that wasn't firing and we worked on that muscle group. But I, I told you, like, I can feel your pelvic floor engage. I can feel your obliques engage. I can feel your upper, upper abdominals and your lower abdominals and your glutes and your hamstrings. They're, they all work together, even your adductors. Um, and all we did is we reduced the tension so that the muscles could actually work the way that they wanted to work. And so I actually didn't do that much. And this gets back to health is often in the details. Like when health is not like I do this one thing, like, you know, A plus B equals C. When you're not that, it's because there's like minus D plus F divided by two somewhere (laughs) involved. And Mm -hmm. it's not doesn't always feel fair. But all you need is those pieces and you make progress, like usually impressively so in a way that feels faster or more effective than prior and it with less effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was really validating too, to hear you say that, like, I can see the work that you've been doing. I see that you've trained your muscles in the right way. I see that like all of these muscles are firing in the way that they should be like optimally like doing. So that was really validating for you to both observe and witness that. And then also call it out because it's so easy to feel like, down on yourself like I realized like I had gone through the cycle of grief like with this (laughs) with this problem like denial at first anger you know and like to all the way through to acceptance of like I guess this is the best it's gonna get what was the turning point Megan that you remember when you started to feel hope again for your body After we did that visceral manipulation and even just, we stood up and walked to the bathroom to look in the mirror to see the difference. But even before I saw the physical change in my belly region, I just just walking over there, I stood taller. I felt lighter. My posture was better. And before it felt like, Like I was aware of my posture, but it was so hard to hold my shoulders up because it it was like the clamp was pushing down. Like I was pushing against, you know, a rubber, a rubber band that was trying to hold me down. It felt like, and now it was like the rubber band was stretching. It was opening. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember I was. I was intentional about when we had you look in the mirror because I did want you to be able to visually connect. That can be super powerful to like, even just from like a learning standpoint, visually connect with what your new norm looks like, like looks like. Um, So we Mm -hmm. had stood up and I'd had you actually do your same techniques where we had you slowly engage your muscles from your pelvic floor and your obliques and your upper abdominals. We did, you you did that laying down. Then we had you do it standing up, which took you a second. Like, I think your body's Mm -hmm. like, we can do this standing up. I have no idea. (laughs) And so I watched you do it. And then I said, Hey, you've got it. And I could visually see, because one of the things that I, this is my understanding. One of the things that was hard is hard is visually how it looks like there's how it feels feeling weak, feeling, you know, just frustrated that your body's not (laughs) working with you, but there was a visual component. You're like, I'm an athlete. 
And I want to be attractive to my husband and I want to be able to wear certain things and not just like always feel like my clothing has to cover it up. Um, and mm-hmm. so as soon as I saw that, I had you go into the mirror because I wanted you to make that connection. But I was like, there's literally an immediate difference in visually what the abdomen looked like. Um, I don't know. Do you want to add anything? Is there like, do you remember that moment for you? Yeah, I was shocked <laughs> to be able to see the difference because again I didn't want to get my hopes up I didn't want to have high expectations and then to be like oh wow like like truly there is hope (laughs) again um because for me I was like I don't even care about visually anymore like yes that that just felt like icing on the cake and nice to have but like physically like I want to be able to hold my kids without pain I want to you know be able to run around in the backyard chase after them play sports with them as they grow up and not feel limited or like I've aged a decade just by being pregnant. Yeah. Yes. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was that all happened Saturday morning. And then I like sprinted off to a flight and (laughs) (laughs) you ended up taking a flight as well in two different directions. Um, It's now Monday. It's two days later from that session. As of this recording, I would, would love to know how things been since our session have you noticed any differences in your body? Have you tried any of the exercises? Cause I gave you some just specific adjustments to try and a couple things cause, cause part of your glutes weren't firing and just some things to reteach and corral things. How, just how have things been going? What have you noticed? Um, I definitely have noticed my, my posture is, is so much better. Even like carrying my big old backpack through the airport. Um, <laughs> I was like, I have this heavy backpack on me, but I am still standing taller and better um, and without pain than I was, you know, before without a backpack on me. Um, And I just like, yeah, I just feel so much freer (laughs) in my body. I'm like, I can move again. And your diaphragm, yeah, your diaphragm wasn't working in sync with your belly and your abdomen. It was actually didn't want to go down. It was like, still thought it was pregnant essentially. And so like, once we got your diaphragm changing your, your, your diaphragm, if the diaphragm can't go down into the belly, cause it's spasmed or it's, you know, forgotten how, <laughs> whatever's going on, the air goes into the shoulders, we can create a lot of shoulder pain. Um, that can also destabilize your body. Cause your breath going into your abdomen is part of stabilizing the body. Interestingly enough. So like all of that, which we, we haven't even just you know, we didn't, I didn't want to go into every single detail of the session, but we, we worked on everything. It was holistic. It wasn't just like, let me, I don't know, tape your DRA together and see if that helps, which can kinesio tape can be helpful, but sometimes it's like, that's not what you need. Um, yeah, in your body's band-aid solution. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> when it comes to kinesio tape. Um, you, yeah. And, and just to share like what I love of what you just said of how it was easier, even with like more weight, health should be easier. That's a sign. If you're like trying to work so hard, whether it's like you're on, you're only eating 10 foods to feel good during the day, or you're doing all these pelvic floor exercises to avoid urinary incontinence, or you're trying to fix your DRA through all these things and it's not working. It could just like, that's a sign that there that your body's pointing toward, there's an easier way. You just need to find it. And once you do, it's like, boom, everything changes. And 
And there's a certain component where like, I don't expect people to immediately believe like when you were like, ah, I don't know if I believe you. I'm like, that's fine. We'll just do the session. <laughs> Well, diff, you know, the, the the only difference being that sometimes you don't get a roommate who's going to force you to lay on the couch and lift your shirt <laughs> so you can do visceral manipulation on you. Like you might have to schedule an appointment and say, I'm just going to trust this person. I'm just going to try something different. So with that, what, uh, Megan, to end out our podcast, what would be an encouragement that you'd like to give someone who might be listening to this podcast episode and they're struggling in their health? Maybe it's another woman with a DRA. Maybe it's someone who's been told by their doctor, just like you were, that they just have to live with it or maybe get surgery, which you were recommended to do, to fix yeah. it. You know, what What encouragement would you like after this experience you've had? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is like that you, you don't know what you don't know. And so if you are like hesitant because this feels new or different, that is all the more reason to give it a try. Because the, like if you just keep doing what you've been doing, like, and that's not working for you, then the solution, like you got to try something new. You've got to try something different. Um, and for me, I just didn't even know what that was until I met you and, and realized what you, what you do. Um, and I think also it just increased the belief in the resilience of my body, um, that it's not meant to be broken and it doesn't have to stay that way. Um, and to really just challenge those beliefs and it's hard because like well the doctor you know feels authoritative in this subject in this area but like they don't have the final say um and so it doesn't matter what people have told you i think your body naturally knows what it <laughs> what it's supposed to feel like and how it's supposed to operate and to really challenge the beliefs that that make you think otherwise and not to settle and um yeah, now I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to stop until, um, until this really heals because it is possible, you know, despite what other people that I respect, you know, have told me. Yeah. So good. So good. And, and I, yeah, everything, everything you just said, <laughs> do something, try something. And for people listening, if you feel like you're Megan and you want to know what your next steps are, I would love to be a part of that process. There's a couple of different ways that I would love to partner with you. One, if you are local to the Metro Detroit region, Ann Arbor, Livonia, Michigan, if you know any of those terms, you can literally book an in-office appointment with me and receive exactly what Megan just received, an evaluation, a treatment, and further appointments, which Megan, unfortunately, uh, you can't. But if you are not near me in a physical way, but want to learn how to find someone who does visceral manipulation near you, I actually teach you how to do that in my course, The Better Belly Blueprint. We also have group coaching calls where I can personally give you feedback on practitioners that you're considering seeing. I teach you three evaluation techniques and three treatment techniques that you can do to yourself to evaluate and reduce fascial tension. And I give you access to my four key functional app tests that help my clients find their hidden and invisible sources of all their problems, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, so many things. And so please, I'm, there's a link in the show notes for the Better Belly Blueprint. You can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint or the show notes. And again, if you are an in-office client, 
go check out the show notes. I have a link where you can book an in-office appointment there, a new client evaluation. So Megan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience and giving encouragement to other people. I know that what you have shared is going to give other people hope just to hear it from somebody else's mouth of what their process has been like. So thank you so much for coming on to the Better Belly Podcast. Thank you. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you in there. Catch you guys next week.